Hi Church, uh, thanks for joining us today for this very special interview that we have with Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul C, as is known as. Uh, he is in Agra in India and I'm really excited to be able to talk to him. This is the first time we've seen each other since David, myself and Graham visited him back in October last year. So uh, hi Pastor Paul, how are you? Hi, nice to meet you Pastor, thank you so much. Uh, it's good to see you again. Yes, we, you, you haven't changed very much. You look the same. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope, Church, that as we talk, you're going to get a little bit of a glimpse into this uh, beautiful man's heart for the Lord and his heart for his kingdom. And so I've got a bunch of questions we're going to try to navigate through. Pastor Paul, tell us a little bit about you, your family, where you live. Tell us about your community. Yes, um, I'm uh, Pastor Paul, and I'm married to a beautiful person. Uh, her name is Jindu, and I have two uh, beautiful daughters. Uh, elder one is Karen, she's 11 years old, and the younger one is Christine, she's nine and a half. Um, and I also have some extended family living with us, uh, three other girls uh, who are 19, 13, and 12, uh, Sudha, uh, Sanya, and Sonia. And uh, uh, we are based in uh, Agra, uh, although I originally belongs to a southern part of India, which is a state called Kerala. But I have been in North India for the last uh, 19 plus years, uh, serving the Lord in different capacities. Yeah. And so before we talk about ministry, tell me a little bit about what a South Indian gentleman from Kerala why would you move to dry and from the, in the church? In case you don't know, Kerala is beautiful and green with uh, palm trees and coconuts and mangoes and beaches. Agra is, is not quite that. Agra is hot, really hot in yeah. summer, really cold in winter, really yeah. wet every other time in monsoon and really dry in the other half. And so it's, it's very different. So why, would uh why would you leave paradise in kerala to go to agra or north india particularly yeah it is a big story um, i've gone through a very big dramatic situations in my life personally you know i was born to a pastor's family um they, they, they struggle in different ways um, i don't want to talk about that so i never had any thinking of uh, going to ministry all in my life but my father and her mother they used to pray for me because they wanted uh, you know uh, me to serve god but um, so in 1999 they got me to a bible college a bible seminary uh, very uh, you know very uh, i should say unexpected way um so i was in a three-year uh, bible seminary course so uh, during that time we used to be praying a lot about north indian ministry because we used to be hearing uh, incidents and uh, you know uh, struggles of pastors who live in uh, North India and how they face persecution. Uh, for as part of the course, uh, we came to North India for the first time. Uh, it was in the 2001 uh, April. I still remember it was so hot as soon as we got into Delhi, <laughs> and uh, oh, then itself we really really appreciated the people. Here I was able to go to Punjab. I was in Chandigarh. I lived in Himachal Pradesh for six months, uh, walking so many kilometers by barefoot because they didn't have enough uh, 
transportation those times and i really admired the pastors who live there and still continue the work of god because one in himachal is full of mountains you know and people live so far away from one house to another house and you have to walk one or two kilometers to just to get into their house and we and he would take us every day except the two days saturday and sunday we sit in the house and pray except uh, other days we will be going out just looking for sharing the gospel we'll have some tracks and uh, we will just walk into somebody's house and you know share what god someone will listen some people say oh we don't listen if <laughs> some are good some are not good uh, but i really really had uh, picked up the vision of uh, working in north india from where i spent six months just uh, six month time and uh, i have lots of story to share but then uh, you know uh, it was the one it was the time that i decided if i am in the ministry i am going to come back to north india and uh, when we went back to complete the um, seminary course we were already made our mind you know after the course we would not be going for the high studies uh, we will come back to uh, north india because uh, it was needing god it was needing the gospel of jesus christ people were struggling in 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 darkness uh, and uh, they definitely needed god yes i know you know this is my church most of the church may know some of this but i was born in north india i was born uh, probably three hours away from you in in kanpur yeah. and what's interesting yeah. we've got one um, man in our church who has a sponsored child in kanpur and uh, north india is is largely the hindu belt of of india so, but in north india they're more aggressive uh, more militant and a lot more persecution in north india it was in the early 2000s when uh, the australian missionary graham stains was uh, martyred burnt in his car and uh, and so north india is a very difficult place and so uh, we certainly uh, value uh, your heart to go and reach a people group that is far from the lord uh, with a message of of life and of hope So that was early 2000s and so you've been you've been married to Jin to how long? Oh uh, we completed uh, 11 good years. Yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you've got five daughters uh, aged between yes. 19 and 8. Um and I'm sure everyone here is praying extra hard for you right now as 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 you lead and love them. I think as I was tracking covid in India, India sort of came late. to the story uh in australia we were shutting down our borders um mid february um Mar- end of march churches were shut down uh covid in india it, it didn't seem to be much of an issue till later and so how how has covid affected um i mean the the, the nation but more particularly how has how has it affected you and your family and their schooling and and uh, and, and your ministry expressions Yes, COVID. Um, uh, we were not uh, thinking that it would affect us, right? And the shutdown came very sudden. The government, uh, you know, took a decision very suddenly. It affected many uh, manufacturing units, businesses, and people who worked. Many lost their jobs. Many companies shut down, and uh, the bigger companies like Tata and other companies they they reduced paying salary. and different different uh, you know issues we never thought that this came up all of a sudden so it has really really badly affected the life of people uh, because you know somebody is a sole you know 
house will lose job that means it will produce more to the family um, so uh, it has really affected every part of the life I mean, every person in our country every part of our state although it's and people have to find other alternative things to feed their family and, and uh, we also had scarcity of uh, uh, i mean daily needs uh, vegetables other things like uh, definitely the things like atta and other things especially in north india many of us uh, couldn't find uh, enough food for about uh, one week uh, and uh, it has affected us also uh, as a family and uh, as a ministry many of our pastors who relied most of their income from the manufacturing units of the shoes company in agra uh, they lost their jobs uh, you know uh, so they had that physical and uh, economic challenge and uh, uh, but thank god uh, now things are slowly slowly opening up but at the same time the covid is spreading i think in india it is more than uh, 19000 plus this everyday new fresh cases coming up during this time and in agra where i live we have 4792 cases today and uh, it just, is just, just today uh, yeah just today and uh, it is really spreading like a rapid thing you know it's uh, going at shooting <laughs> numbers uh, but then uh, people are able to move people are able to buy things uh, the government is not talking down Uh, but you are not able to gather. The churches are not happening. These uh, pastors are just visiting them, visiting the believers, you know, praying over the phone, or meeting on Zoom or WhatsApp calls or other media's. Uh, altogether, we can say it was a hard time. The difference between our two countries becomes evident when we talk about what you uh, couldn't buy. Was was vegetables and 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 flour and food, but in Australia there was a shortage of toilet paper. It was crazy. Everyone was running to the shops and buying lots and lots of toilet paper and hand sanitizer. And that that was at the beginning. Thankfully, now that everyone is, everyone's okay, uh, which is good. Uh, and so, um, uh, just just for our church, just so so you're aware, uh, Pastor Paul wears a number of hats. Uh, that's why he's he's got no hair. He's wearing lots of hats. The the, the ministry that we visited uh, with Pastor Paul was uh, Railway Kids, and that was a, a ministry that was founded by a Lifehouse Church in Coffs Harbour. And so um, Pastor Paul partners, and he's the he's the man on the ground that was uh, running uh, a, a ministry to rescue. Uh, children, uh, young people, young people from the streets, uh, from the railway station at Agra, and he was taking. We got to visit that place and got to uh, teach and play and, and share meals with these young uh, boys and girls who have uh, very little. And uh, and so the ministry with railway kids is a partnership with uh, Lifehouse Church in uh, Coffs Harbour. Uh, Pastor Paul also oversees a number of of pastors. Uh, across not just in Agra, uh, but up to Varanasi. Uh, and so would you like to tell us a little bit about, um, I realise with COVID, it's probably affected railway kids, how it can operate, if at all. Um, so would you like to, would you able to tell us a little bit about how, uh, if anything, what are you doing with those families that we've met and connected to uh, with railway kids, but also tell us a little bit about um, the church planting and the pastors, how many pastors you support and encourage. Yes, 
uh, as pastor was telling uh, we started this ministry uh, especially uh, for the kids who depended on the railway stations so you would find and when we started this in back in 2010 uh, we could have 60 to 100 kids and their families uh, in the railway station and surrounding places uh, you know just uh, begging in different ways making money so one of the problems with them is that you know they didn't have education um, they didn't have proper sheltering uh, you know they didn't have uh, good health awareness and uh, you know life standards so we invited uh, most of the kids to come to a, a daily program where we actually designed for them they could come and you know uh, improve their personal needs wash themselves you know we offer some good clothes for them to wear so uh, never never take baths and you know brush and teeth. so we try to teach them the health thing first of all like taking bath is important brushing and washing their clothes and taking uh, you know care of your hands and legs we our staff we said you know we are only doing this because you know somebody loved us and, uh, we were able to share the gospel of love to them and ever since then uh, we had a free opportunity to share God's uh, love to all of those kids. And uh, I strongly believe that we have been able to uh, make a good sense of uh, fear of God and uh, trusting in God, praying to God. I know we, even now some of them are not right with God. They might be still taking some drugs. Um, you know, they might be using some verbal words. They might be having some wrong relationships. Uh, but still, even they have a problem, I know they will call me. They will call me in the middle of the night. They will call me anytime. You know, you know, they'll call me, Papaji. I'm in trouble. Please pray for me. I'm, I'm doing not well. Please pray for me. So, uh, so during those times, uh, we have been, uh, uh, you know, thinking about church. I mean, church is um, center. Church is a pillar of any work uh, we do in this uh, work, in this world, you know. Um, so we had opportunity to uh, start a church. Uh, the first church was in our house. I mean, uh, we were only four people <laughs> in the house. Uh, but thank God, over the years, we had opportunities to uh, start the ministry in different parts in Agra and in Varanasi. And these days, we have started a small. So uh, uh, right now, uh, we have about 71 uh, congregations uh, you know, spread out in places, uh, worshiping the Lord together. Uh, but I would pray that uh, we have no enough leaders, <laughs> we have no enough uh, pastors uh, mm -hmm. who are willing to go to some rural villages and start doing the work because it is quite difficult, it's quite uh, fearful for some persons and, you know, what persecutions are there. But uh, response to the uh, gospel is tremendous. And uh, from one church, we have another church started. We have never gone into advertisement. We have never gone into that kind of public ministry. But uh, our experience is that personal evangelism, one church, you know, helped to start another church. Uh, one person helped to meet another believer. Um, so uh, this is how now we started uh, with two kids in 2010. We have passed on more than 600 kids so far, uh, and uh, many have changed their lives. Many is now serving the Lord. Many are the leaders with us. Many are staff with us, and it is. I'm here sitting with very much satisfaction, uh, better than before, that our lives could be useful uh, by God for something, and we are so glad. Yeah. I remember when we came to minister at your church service, um, 
uh, started off with 80 people, I think, and finished up with maybe 200. It was just got very, we kept getting squished in. Um, and I know there was a combination of four gatherings from around Agra, uh, for, or a number of gatherings came together as one church. It was lovely to be with you. And I remember I asked you, how many of these people did not know the Lord before you came to Agra? And, uh, and you said, all of them. And, uh, and, and, and you said, and it wasn't at all about you. And this isn't about you, but I was just, a, it moved my heart to see um, the legacy that, that any one of us can leave. It's not just the pastors. It's not just the missionaries. Uh, I think all of us have the capacity to influence one life and influence two. And, and to, with God's grace, to see that multiply, to see many, many lives touched. And so that was very warming to our hearts to see uh, the impact that God's used you uh, in that space. With COVID time, uh, you can't gather the children as much. So do you go, you visit their houses? Yes. We are, COVID has changed the way that we work. I mean, um, we were used to having a daily programs for them and they used to come. But nowadays we are not able to gather because we are concentrating on kids uh, less than 15 years old. Yep. And uh, now we are not allowed. So what we do is that... Um, during the lockdown, uh, we have been able to provide uh, food and food materials to all of the kids. And, uh, some of the families who live around the railway station and some of the kids and their families uh, were used to come to our center. And nowadays, we are not able to get the kids, so we go to them. We go with them, go to them and find out how they're doing, do some medical attendance if they have some medical problems. Some people had some fever and that kind of things. And people tend to worry, you know, if it's COVID or not. So we have to be helping them uh, to, you know, uh, not to worry and, uh, you know, take some medications and also so far now everybody is doing well. We had about five or six cases. COVID has changed uh, the way that we work and even mm. in the church, uh, we're not able to meet. Uh, so it's mostly on visiting. Uh, we, we encourage people to go and visit. So one by one, uh, visit the pastors, visit the villages, visit the houses, the believers' houses, uh, and especially go to them, uh, pray for them when they are in need of something. And we also uh, were trying to help uh, each other because some of the church members lost their jobs. Um, so they were not able to make money. So they were literally struggling I mean, uh, for about two weeks and so we didn't know about it. So by the time we came to know about, uh, we were able to do something for them. We provided about uh, four different times of distributions to them. Uh, so uh, not only us, but then uh, our pastors and our some of the church believers who were able to help, they also helped and uh, thankful. So um, what COVID uh, changed us, uh, I think it changed us uh, the way that we thought. And the way that uh, we thought we could only do ministry in this way, but uh, now we are learning that we can do the ministry in other way as well. And it is still uh, workable. And we had seen, we had seen uh, some people getting healed and uh, miraculously God opening ways for some people, even over the, you know, prayer over the phone. Yes. So uh, it is changing our minds and our way of doing ministry. And I think in the days to come, even as uh, COVID stops and everything opens up, we'll be able to think more wider. Yeah. I don't believe God sent COVID, but I do believe that the, the church across the globe, that God is actually giving us an opportunity. 
God has given us a, an opportunity that, can only, that would only arise through this uh, tribulation for the world. Um, but it's an opportunity to discover something uh, that, is, that is fresh and to, and to discover the power of his church and the power of his spirit at work. And I think we need to be looking forward uh, to what God has, not looking backward to what God did. Yes, I think so. Uh, I have a little similar thinking about what you thought about COVID. Uh, I think God allowed this to happen to us, uh, especially in the situation in India. Uh, personally, uh, my family and my we were so busy uh, in doing so many things. So these days, uh, what I'm learning from COVID is that you also need to spend uh, time with God and uh, uh, spent in prayer, uh, and I'm learning these days uh, so many good things from the Bible because we're getting time to read the Bible. Uh, and so we've we've got an opportunity to dig deep and to grow closer to the Lord. Yes, to be, maybe be less busy, um, but I really believe we've got an opportunity to really connect in a way that we haven't had been able to do before. Well, is there any particular things that we can be praying for for you as a church? Um, so we are. Uh, Praying for 2013 that we will at least choose 14 new leaders mm. uh, and train them yep. for the next year. Yep. And then uh, if we found that they are good leading the church and being a shepherd, uh, we will then give opportunity to take over some of the church where we don't have a leader. Sure. So at the moment, the situation is one pastor is leading five different congregations. Mm. Some are visiting 10 different places. Mm. Uh, some are three, some are there are very less people who are concentrating on, on one particular place. So we definitely need leaders. More leaders. Really worried about it. Yeah. yeah. And I know when we, we talked, uh, uh, when, when people get saved, uh, which is a beautiful thing, it's still a long journey to, to learn, uh, learn the Bible. You know, they're, they're not illiterate people. They, they don't read or, or write. And so the stories of, of the Bible and to train them to become a good pastor, it takes more than just uh, a, a salvation. It actually takes a lot of investment by you, yourself and your team. Uh, you know, you have a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of meetings. Uh, you, you, you travel a lot of villages and just to encourage the many pastors that they can't read or write, but they're God's entrusting into their care. Uh, it's certainly a big need. And as a church, we are going to be praying for, uh, for leaders to rise for you. We're going to pray for your, um, uh, your creating opportunities for them to earn their own income from micro businesses. So they're not depending on yourself or other people to fund them. And so um, there's a lot of needs there. And we certainly want to be praying for you and your family and your daughters, all five of them, and your, your ministry. As we close our, our, our interview, would you mind uh, just praying for uh, our church? Yeah, um, yes. um, we really want to pray. <laughs> Always pray. I mean, yes. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful opportunity uh, for us to meet together today, together today over this platform. Lord, it is so good to see Pastor Mark and hear from him that they're doing well, especially in this COVID. Uh, on the time, but we pray that Lord Father God, that uh, our people over there will be under your care and they will be 
not having this uh, COVID-19 problems affecting the world. Lord, it is really, really challenging. It is really challenging for a church to manage, church to operate uh, and gather and fellowship. Father, I pray that, Lord, Father God, this situation should not affect the faith, affect the, uh, the relationship with God uh, in any way, Lord, Father God. Lord, I just pray that in, the, in some days' time, they will be starting to gather and they, and they're still producing online, uh, online churches. Lord, we just pray that, Lord, you still continue to work in the heart of people, Lord Father. You continue, continue to speak to them, Lord. Continue to have your your work uh, done in their life, Lord Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for yeah. your protection. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your love for us, Lord Father God. Thank you so much for our prayer. Hallelujah. Be yeah. here by you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have through technology to uh, share hearts and share vision. And we thank you for Pastor Paul and Jin too, and their, their, their heart, their love for you and their love for their people. And Lord, I just thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. Over the many years of ministry for Pastor Paul, you have proved yourself over and over and over again. And I know you will continue to prove yourself to him. You are his provider. You are his healer. And you are his friend, you are his leader, you are his wisdom. I bring him before you in the many different um, ministries that he manages. Lord, I just pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would just move um, sovereignly. I pray that you would provide um, all that's needed for not just Pastor Paul and his church and his family, but for his pastors that are in need of, of accommodation or a job. Uh, I pray that you would raise leaders up, that you would raise leaders that raise leaders. I pray that, uh, that you will give Pastor Paul the wisdom he needs and the strength he needs and the peace that he needs to walk this out day by day and year by year. And so, Lord, I just want to pray your blessing across this, this screen. Lord, I pray your blessing upon Pastor Paul, his family, his ministry, that there'll be many, many, many more come to faith uh, because of this one man's willingness to say, here I am, send me. And so, Lord, we bless him. And we speak your life over him and his ministry and his church and the kids and the families that are, have been touched with Pastor Paul's various ministries. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi there, just me again. I trust you enjoyed getting to meet Pastor Paul and getting a glimpse of his heart and his love for the Lord and his love for the people of North India. I realize we did have some challenges with technology, getting the internet to work, getting Zoom to work well. Uh, the greatest challenge for me actually wasn't that. It was trying to edit a 45-minute video down to 26 minutes where we could capture what we felt were probably the key conversations that we were having. I just want to grab another two more minutes with you to talk about some opportunities we have to help them out in some financial needs that they have at the moment. Although they can't meet in their building uh, because of the COVID restrictions, it's a great opportunity for them to do some well-needed repairs and upkeep of their property and so they're looking for about $1,200 to accomplish that. Also about $1,000 to get ready for the kids as they return with books and resources and pencils and crayons and scissors and all that type of stuff you need to run kids ministry. And also just uh, laptops are getting old and a bit dated. And so any help toward a new laptop would also be well appreciated. One more quick thing you might find interesting is in India, it costs about um, $350 Australian and that feeds 20 to 30 families for up to two weeks 
And so it'd be wonderful if you're wanting to contribute something, you may consider being part of that where we can help them feed their communities around them. So if you feel able or led to give to any of those needs, please email me at mark at hcc.org.au and we'll be in touch and we'll give you all the information you need to uh, respond and to help with these guys. Thanks for your time. Bye.